0: We
1: It's a final word. World Cup Daily 2023 for Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. I'm Adam Collins in London. Jeff Lemon, I have no idea what's going on in your background there, is in Delhi at the Kotla where Australia
0: teed off. Tell us about it. 30 seconds, go. I'm standing in a bunch of air conditioning units because, you know, yeah, come to India, report from the ground. It's all great, but you're not allowed to actually do things in the ground. So you have to go and, like, hide in a rubbish dump or a car park or something like that that I've been doing. Um, all of the salubrious locales. But yes, I'll start the third seconds. Now Australia won the toss and batted first and it seemed like that was probably going to be the end of it. David Warner made 100. They were on track for maybe 330, 340, something like that. Um, A couple of wickets had fallen and then Glenn Maxwell comes in, doesn't take strike until the 41st over, makes 100 before he gets out in the last over. Fastest World Cup 100, 40 balls, absolutely extraordinary, orgiastic carnival of hitting, and uh, the Dutch were blown away by it. They were all out for 90. They were not in the contest whatsoever. A thrashing second-biggest win in all one-day international history. Yes, a 309 309 runs
1: was the 309-run margin, that's right, which is the biggest ever in, in World Cups and second-biggest ever um, after India beat... Uh, Sri Lanka by even more than that earlier this year. Let's deal with a few numbers. 317. A few other numbers before we get into the thicker things here. So 399 for eight. Australia made Warner. Back-to-back centuries. 104 from 93 balls. Then Maxwell, an astonishing 106 from 44 with eight sixes. His century in 40 balls. He broke the World Cup record by nine deliveries, which is like 20% 20% or thereabouts on what Markram did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's kind of like running the 100 metres in 8 seconds. I you know, Not quite that way but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> then in terms of uh, Australia with the ball, Zampa takes 4 for 8. He's leading the competition now for wickets 13 and 18 for him. 4 for 8 from 3 overs um, ended in quite calamitous circumstances for the Dutch who lost their last like 6 wickets in about quarter of an hour. Top scoring was Vikram Singh who made 25 at the top of the list. Other wickets Mm. for Australia, a couple for Mitchell Marsh, one with his second ball, a great catch from David Warner. And singles from Mitchell Stark, who keeps the streak going. Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins are all inside the power play. Now, that's out of the way. Let's talk about Glenn Maxwell. Jeff, um, first first thing I want to say is that um, I didn't get to see any of this live. I was. I'm still in what I wore to Lords. They had a meeting at Lords for an hour, and that hour was the entirety of the Maxwell inning. So I've missed everything live. I watched it all back on replay, of course, as soon as I got home. And the game finished so quickly, I haven't had a chance to mm. get changed. But um, you know, I've got to say, part of me feared that he didn't have this in him anymore. I mean, Glenn's obviously a precociously talented player, an all-time striker of the ball, but I just thought maybe six months ago, with the broken leg and and the various different ailments that, that, that took him out of cricket for a while after that, I just wondered whether he'd have another day like this. He's done stuff like this before, but I thought maybe those types of days were past him, and he'd still make a contribution. He'd still be a match winner on his day, but, you know, hitting 40 ball hundreds is probably in the rear vision mirror. It's so wonderful that a player we've invested so much in emotionally really as friends too um, can do something like that and you were there to enjoy all of it on commentary i missed every ball of it but uh, it's all about glenn maxwell right now
0: it was extraordinary to watch and and in a lot of ways like so i came off uh, comms in the 40th over and in some ways i'm really glad about that because i just got to go outside on the roof sit there and just watch and i just watched the whole thing heard the crowd lighting up um it, it was it was like heart-swelling, ridiculous joyfulness. Not just mm. because there were runs being scored, but but the way in which it happened, the audacity of it, the absurd confidence. You know, it came out, took a little while. Um, you know, took five or six balls, played a few along the ground, um, ticked things over for a couple of ou- a couple of overs, and then started laying into things, and then got things going. It was the it was the variety of it. It <laughs> wasn't like going to the reverse immediately, but. They put three out on the leg side for him, they brought short fine up, and it was clearly the plan was try to make him hit to the leg side, try to deny him that space to reverse and and go to the off side. So the point where he starts playing those shots, and, and I was sort of watching this happen, he wasn't switch hitting, you know, sometimes he used to swap the hands over on the bat and literally take the left-hander's stance, and we've seen that. He kind of moved away from that because that took a bit of extra time, but he does rotate the bat in his hands as the ball's yeah. coming down so that the blade's facing backwards. He gets a, a Yorker just about, from Logan Fanbake, full straight at the stumps, like, you're losing middle stump if you miss this. Kneels down, I don't think he was expecting it to be so full, so he sweeps it almost at ground level and picks it up and hits it for six. Um, he gets an Another, oh, That one might have been from Buster Leader initially. He gets another one from Van Baker, I think, outside the off stump, like like hide it outside off, that old theory. Hits that one for six as well. And then he gets the bouncer that's up about shoulder height and just plays the reverse <laughs> hook shot. I remember watching him do that in 2017, that tri-series in Barbados when mm. I, I was very early in, in... I was doing radio comps at that point, point. I remember very early in, in the time when I was doing that. I remember describing it as, like, he's played a reverse hook shot. I know, I know that doesn't exist, and I know nobody's ever... C- Played a shot to be called that before, but that's what it is. There's only one way to describe it. Um, did that hit that one for six, hit conventional stuff for six as well. They bowled him slower balls. He got back in his crease, baseballed it, picked the slower ones, used the power, um, went over deep fine leg as well. And yeah, you know, brings up the, the 50 in 27 balls and then goes to 100 in 13 deliveries. Two dots, three singles in those 13. So he hit six sixes and two fours from the other eight balls of that 13 to go past 100. It was exhilarating. And the Dutch just lost it. I mean, Buster later was bowling that last over. He bowls a high, full toss, no ball, hits that for six, has to bowl it again, goes for six again. You know, 28 off one over, off his final over for Bustaleta to to close out the most expensive figures ever in One Day Cricket. You could see by that point. I mean, even once they'd gone past 340, 350, the Dutch were just so shaken by it that they didn't know what to do, and so it ends up at 399. But it, it was the, the perfection of the timing uh, and the contact. It wasn't dirty slogs over the leg side that you dump them over mid-wicket and they just happened to make it over the fence. You know, there was a square drive basically for six over point. Everything mm. was perfect tonight and it was, it was a joy to watch.
1: Yeah, I think the square drive might be the pick of the litter. I remember him playing that shot a number of times in the 16-17 one-day series against Pakistan. That's an odd reference point, but I remember him playing that shot so well. And um, to be able to execute stuff like that. But yeah, to give context, Australia have lost three wickets relatively quickly to that point. I think they're 290 for six or something like that when Cummins joins Maxwell. Um, So they're at some risk. Maxwell gets out there it's possible Australia make 310 or 320 rather than 399. Of course, that's an extreme uh, outcome with them making so many runs in the back 10. But initially, he actually did play himself in. I've watched all 44 balls of the innings. I I scanned through and watched all of them. Um, You know, playing down the ground for once, but also some thundering straight drives. The on-drive, his first boundary is a a a fine piece of timing, like a conventional cricket shot. Plays another one of those straight past the bowler's boots. Then he gets more expansive as he realises that he's into Maxwell time, right? He's into to the 42nd, 43rd, 44th overs, and that's when he's expected to be you know, more outlandish, to lean into his uh, um, to his best self, and that's exactly what happened. The shot that he played to move to 50 across his stumps, the reverse, I suppose you'd call that a reverse scoop of sorts that went over deep backwards square, that is the turning point. That's the bit when, I mean, at the 27 ball 50, but in relative terms, it's sedate, and as you say, 22 Overs later, he raises his century on commentary when he's on about 70. They're like, gee, Maxwell's an outside chance of a century here. Little did they know that he'd get there, you know, two overs later. Um, and to do so, so emphatically, yes, two waist-high full tosses. But that happens when you've earned the right to put the bowler off their game to such an extent via the other shots you've played. And, you know, the two shots to start that over that he played against the leader were so supreme that he completely mm. lost his bundle and, and conceded the, the most runs ever in a one-day international. So, yeah, Maxwell... As I said, he's had days like that before. I was there at Candy in 2016 when he hit 145 in 61 balls in a T20 international when opening the batting. It felt more like that when he was just middling it so well. What about those two shots down the ground? I think it was off Van Beek. Um, the two, they're, they're hockey shots, nothing more, nothing less. He's not even swinging through. He's trusting the snap of the wrist. It's kind of like what we see occasionally from Josh Butler. But I don't think that's been a huge part of Maxwell's game until recently either, which shows that even after the leg break, (laughs) Like... even having had the disappointment of not playing test cricket a couple of years mm. ago and kind of focusing right in on white ball cricket franchise cricket and so on that he actually is still improving and, and he's finding form at the perfect time he said on television after being named player of the match and he was a little bit anxious about not making runs early in the tournament and naturally he had a tournament like that in 2019 when it never quite clicked well it's clicked mm. here at the perfect time in Australia in the four now they've had a net run rate bonanza tonight a percentage booster um, which set. Them um, above one in the positive on that measure uh, and they're a game away from being second on the table. Who would have thought that when they were in dead last about a week and a half ago?
0: It's not actually necessarily an outlier because of what he's done through his his three World Cups that he's played at the moment. So I was looking at those overall numbers. His his strike rate in World Cup cricket is now up to about 168. Um, (laughs) it, It is so far ahead of anybody else. So even if you... You know how when you're looking at these things, you do a bit of a qualification, like 10 innings or 100 runs or whatever it is. Even if you look at it with zero qualification whatsoever, there are seven players with a faster strike rate. Most of them only played one innings. Most of them are tailenders who, you know, hit 12 Mm. off three balls or something in one innings. The most innings that any of them played was four. I think James Faulkner played four innings and made about 50 runs. Um, none of them made more than, the most runs any of them made was 74, um, which was which was Farhan Bahadin who played a little bit for South Africa. So, you know, negligible, like not careers, tiny little blips, really, statistically. Mm. The 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 next best player in terms of someone who's batted a similar number of innings or made a similar number of runs, which is about 650 runs that he's got now in World Cup cricket, Brendan McCullum, who was you know who's legendary for how attacking he was in 2015. Um, his strike rate in World Cup cricket's about 120. So he, he's, he's like 50 runs per 100 balls behind what Maxwell has done across three World Cups as well. Um, so this isn't flash in the pan stuff. This is how he's always been Called upon to approach his game in 50-over cricket, which means, of course, it's high risk and, of course, it fails sometimes. But um, yeah, and just his response—you know, when when it happened, he was—it was coursing through him. He couldn't contain Mm. the emotion of bringing up 100. He'd made one World Cup hundred in 2015. That one against Sri Lanka Um, hadn't got to that landmark since. He hasn't made a lot of hundreds for Australia in white ball cricket because he's had to be so attacking. He's really been able to you know have, have that consistency across an innings to, to get to that position. Um, and he was out a lot of times in the 90s trying to hit sixes because it was the last two or three balls of an innings and and that was his job was not to nurse himself to a 100 but to push the score as much as possible. So he did the team thing and he got the reward for it tonight which is pretty special.
1: We've spoken about Glenn for 10 minutes. Let's zoom out and talk about some other stuff just for a couple of minutes before we get to the sure. hall of fame so we'll Dave do eight warner, minutes
0: on other
1: things yeah we'll do eight well five or six minutes on other stuff than the hall of fame how's that sound so warner okay, um you know talk about hitting form at the right time you know like um the back-to-back hundreds this was a a similar number of balls to the hundred that he made against pakistan i think he got there in 91 today did take 14 though to move from 90 to 100 which did stand out when they lost those three wickets i'm not
0: yeah. being
1: critical of warner simply acknowledging that the game was it wasn't in the balance but Holland, or the Netherlands rather, had done a halfway decent job at sort of being there and thereabouts. Australia's run rate at the point where Warner falls is 6.78. And they go on to finish at just under eights with 399. So, you know, Warner um, doing what he needs to do, but uh, much as it was in the 2019 Mm. World Cup making centuries, six centuries in World Cup cricket. Now, Jeff, you were doing a bit of this on radio, averaging, what, mid-60s in World Cup cricket?
0: Just before he got out, he was averaging 65, so I'm not sure what it came down to with the dismissal, but, yeah, probably 60, which is from memory I think that was higher than everybody else who'd made over a thousand runs in World Cups 600s for such a long time that was the mark Tendulkar made six Mm. World Cup hundreds and nobody else was close Rohit Sharma caught that up and went past it um, over the course of this World Cup so he's on seven at the moment Warners caught Tendulkar on six which is a huge achievement in itself he's only had 22 World Cup innings Tendulkar had what Mm. 46 something like that Um, he's a couple of hundred runs away from Kumar Sankakara who's in third spot and maybe 400 away from Ricky Ponting, so probably too far to get there in this tournament, but who knows if he keeps making tons. Um, and so he went past Rohit Sharma's World Cup runs telly today, and he's about 60 runs behind Virat Kohli. So the three of them, I was tipping this last time we were talking about it they're going to have a very interesting uh, next few weeks sort of in, in the, the three in the pack seeing if any of them can catch up to the top three being Sangakara, Pontington, Dulka
1: Speaking of three going into two or maybe into one even conceivably um, Travis Head will return and open right and we know Mitch yep. Marsh who, who top edge one today that happens that's fine took two wickets and played his role anyway he, he'll bat three um, Smith would be happy with his day on paper 60, uh, 71 from 68 before getting caught by an absolute yep. beauty by Roloff van der Merva which I on another day, we might spend five minutes talking about just Merwe's unusual day at the office. But um, caught a backward point. Hit a six, hit nine fours. Then Labuschagne, who's... You'd have to think he's mindful that it's going to be him or Smith who gets dropped for head. You know, we all assume it's Labashain. Um the, the, the camp have all but briefed out that it'll be Labuschagne. Then he whacks 62 from 47 in the middle over, hits so two sixes himself. I don't know whether it's as open and shut as that. He's been in good nick coming into this series or into this mm. World Cup, rather, um, Yeah, I I don't know. You'd have a better handle being there, Jeff, but my instinct is that it it can't be open and shut. It can't be um, simply picking Smith over Labashain on the basis Mm. of experience and so on. And I know Smith's made, what is it, something like 50 scores above 50 in in one-day international cricket. Uh, He's a low-key great for Australia in this form of the game. But... Uh, If Labashain's in better nick, uh, then they've got to at least consider that. And that's after Smith's made 71 today. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I think it's something that they should think about. And have to think about, but I also think it's something that they won't think about because we know the way this Australian camp operates. They're pretty conservative, they're pretty cut and dried, and they, they make decisions on rank all the time. And I think they will just make the decision on rank. You know, Steve Smith is Steve Smith, therefore he will get picked. I agree with you that that's not the way it should pan out, but I suspect it will be.
1: In terms of the bowlers, we. I mean, Adam of Zampa, um, you know... Uh, understandably, people were wondering... We were wondering dropping him a couple go, of weeks
0: ago, weren't we? Like, we, 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 we were sort of I, I, I looking mean, around saying, where's the option? Like, they need another option here. Is not bowling well.
1: Mine was more along the lines of he needs someone bowling with him, right? He needs a second yeah. spinner, frontline spinner yeah. option to go with him on tracks that are going to turn. Doesn't need all of that pressure heaped upon him. And struggling against India, struggling against South Africa, and that first three overs against Sri Lanka as well, since then he's been extraordinary. All 13 of his wickets, well, sorry, 12 of his 13, 3 on the trot, which is the best ever for an Australian spinner at a World Cup taking his wickets as I mentioned before at like 17.7 in the tournament leading the tournament and almost all of them are googly's and we know the Adam Zampa googly is difficult to pick at the best of times for well established players Um, and the Dutch were outmatched by him today and Zampa once he got going he was always going to bowl them out in a hurry Uh, and now Australia can go with the balance they want at least for now they can stay with their three test quicks Maxwell is the the bowler who can do, you know, can bowl the, the fifth or sixth overs if, if needs be. I know that Stoinus wasn't there today. He'll be back later in the tournament, I'm certain. But knowing that Zampa isn't under any threat of losing his spot, remembering that he lost his spot to Nathan Lyon in 2019, that mm. makes them feel far more stable, I reckon, with ball in hand.
0: Four for eight today, got to clean up at the end um, and was on a hat trick twice as well, except that. The second time it was with the last yeah. wicket of the match, so didn't get the opportunity to finish it off. Surprised they didn't bring Stark back again. He only bowled four overs, took one wicket at the top, got Max O'Dowd to chop on classic Stark, mm. quick left arm across to right hander, um, beat him for pace, draw the edge into the stumps. You know, you can look at that and say it's a lucky wicket, but he gets a lot of the wickets like that. He, he's got um, he's got
1: twenty five bowls in World Cup cricket now, even with Wazim Akram, who was the you know, the quintessential bowling blokes guy. Right. Um, and Stark has got fewer wickets than than Wazim, the percentage yep. is
0: higher in bowls. Well, he also leveled Lasseth Malinga today, so he's third all-time, equal third for World Cup wickets with 56. So I wanted them to get him back on because, you know, I I want him to take a bag or two in this series. He's only been taking ones and twos, you know, and and in order to have a big World Cup like the previous two that he had, 27 wickets and 22 wickets respectively. Um, If he's going to get somewhere up towards that 20, he needs a a five or a six and, you know, and a four or a five somewhere along the line to try to bulk that up. Uh, So today could have been the day for that, but I guess it's a raffle as to who gets the chance to clean up when a demoralised team is is five or six down.
1: Hazelwood and Cummins both get leg before wickets go their way. Mitchell Marsh, I think that's important Him getting two wickets. Again, it's all low-key. It's all below the surface, but just having another bowler, like, yeah, Maxwell didn't even need to bowl today, did execute brilliant run-out to get rid of Vikram, but um, but at that point, and we we shouldn't gloss over that, that Maxwell also made a contribution in the field. Crick Info had this, like, Um, power indexing and Maxwell's number for this game is like 153. I can't imagine there are many people with a higher number than that in the World Cup so far. Indeed, many World Cups since they've been keeping that that particular statistical category. But yeah, so Maxwell gets a run out, doesn't bowl. Marsh has two wickets, one of them. His second ball uh, is pulled with real force. Out to deep mid-wicket, uh, and there's David Warner. It's poor old Engelbrecht that batted so nicely against Sri Lanka in a losing effort oh, back on Saturday. But Warner takes it. Like it, it reminded me of two things: AB de Villiers with a Spider-Man catch playing for RCB mm. about six seasons ago, which I was on commentary for at the time, and albeit in a bunker, not actually at the ground, and it was one of the more exciting things I've had the privilege of calling. But also like a centre-half back running back with the flight and taking the mark. But the difference is this is a middled cricket ball coming at about 100 mm. kilometres an hour, not a football being kicked your way where you can judge it nicely through the air.
0: Watching it live, I mean, he had to take off in order to get the elevation because that one was going over his head. And he keeps the balance, you know, cat-like when he lands to sort of <laughs> tiptoe along the boundary line like Sheldon Cottrell did in, in 2019 at Trent Bridge. You know, to, to have the presence of mind and the balance to do that as well. Um, it, it was It was an extraordinary bit yeah that follows on from the Maxwell run out which is a one hand pick up sort of underarm like not underarm but a sidearm flick so he got the force of the throw without wasting the time of cocking the arm back. That's what made the difference between hitting the stumps and and running Vikram Singh out direct rather than giving him that extra split second. So they were hot in the field as well. You know, just everything went right. Cummins after the game saying, oh, there are still a few areas we can work on after having recorded the biggest World Cup win ever. I mean, that's probably Hall of Fame worthy.
1: It probably is. And before we get to the Hall of Fame, in terms of what's next, Australia getting New Zealand at the perfect time. I mean, yes, it's a game they need to win but... um Australia are trending up. They're playing at Durham Shala. New Zealand have played a game at Durham Shala. They've been there for a week, sort of hanging out at McLeod Guns, like smoking Mm -hmm. bongs with the Dalai Lama, whatever. But Australia go up there in red hot nick and for whatever reason australia new zealand um they, 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 they those matchups feel different whatever is going mm. on with new zealand at any given time put them up against australia and you'd back australia most of the time um and i mentioned the net run rate thing australia are now 0.4 away from new zealand's net run rate this is the team that obliterated england on opening night and have won their first four games and lost narrowly to um, India, their only loss. Well, Australia have lost twice heavily and nearly caught all of it back up. So that might be a factor if it ends up with the final four. That You know, unfortunately, it looks like this is going to be a, a round-robin with a lot of dead rubbers. And if Pakistan and England can't get into that and I'd say England, you know, um, dismissively almost, but they're the only two teams realistically who could go from outside the four, I think, to inside the four. But where they finish will be important too. You don't want to finish mm. fourth and play India, do you? I mean, you want to finish second or third and be in that other semi final at Eden Gardens, not the one against India at Mumbai.
0: That's probably a pretty reasonable <laughs> observation. So there is something about those New Zealand. Contest something always um, seems to spook them a bit more up against Australia. Although they did thrash Australia in that T20 World Cup opener, which might have gone some way um, to helping out, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, they've they've been having fun up there. And you know, Jimmy Neesham, of course, he's that uh, photo he posted of him shaking hands with the Dalai Lama. I don't know if you've seen this. The caption says, "Yeah, we'll have a bat, mate. Thanks." Uh, so, so, so good gear from the New Zealanders up there. They're enjoying themselves.
1: All right, Jeff. Time for the final word. Hall of Fame. The Final Word Hall of Fame, Jeff, it's brought to you by Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about the fact that I went there. I haven't seen the massive Christmas tree as yet, but I will soon. I can skate around it. We're going there next week. Um, you know, I don't expect, Jeff, that you're the type who would be particularly stable on uh, on skates. I feel like ice skates might be the sort of thing that send you yep. to the emergency room for the 25th time in your life. Um, mm-hmm. But... But for all of that, um, even you would go to this if you knew you were going to see the biggest. We said yesterday, Cam and I, if it's the biggest Christmas tree in Europe, it's surely the biggest Christmas tree in the world. Claim it. Claim it. And that's what you can see skating around it if you go to Mm. Westwood London after, I think, November 11 and head along in a couple of weeks.
0: Maybe, like, the Californians dress up one of those sequoia redwoods or something with some baubles and then claim it's a Christmas tree and then it's bigger. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, biggest in Europe works for me. Uh, if Steve Bradbury nearly killed himself ice skating and, and he won an Olympic gold medal, um, then yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do on, on the you know getting on the ice. But, uh, look, I'm willing to play a few shots.
1: One of Australia's bravest Olympians, Steve Bradbury. If you want to know more about him, do Google his stories. Not just what happened in 2002. Brilliant as nope. that was. Uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff... Uh, Should we start um, with the partnership between Patrick Cummins and and Glenn Maxwell and put some numbers to this?
0: Particularly Cummins in the post-match dropping, you know, really, really good to be part of a century partnership of which he made eight (laughs) eight runs, I believe, um, if I remember correctly. Um, Good good year. It's a solid joke. Uh, Eight
1: eight from eight balls, right? They put on 103 in 44 deliveries. Maxwell, in that stretch of time, made 91 from 36 until he was out in the final over
0: wow um yeah i mean david warner's catch could be in there jimmy Neesham's um delo lama stuff could be in there Uh, there was there there was a lot that was hall of fame worthy but i think i'm just always coming back to that reverse sweep of the near yorker off middle stump for six over deep third you know watching that happen live i'll just replay it in my head over and over again
1: i've got a few bits and pieces one uh maxwell related a couple maxwell related actually um what i win the commentary box now Shane Watson was out there with Glenn Maxwell when Glenn made his first uh, World Cup 100 at the SCG in 2015. If you're relatively new to the show, listen to our long interview with Maxie at the last World Cup four years ago. We interviewed him at Bristol and he spoke about that moment about he and Watto were in tears when he brought up the century. They're good mates and so on. Um, Different kind of emotions from Watto in the back of the commentary box. You wouldn't have seen this, Jeff, because you've been doing radio, but Watto in the back of the box were not on mic, hearing his... Guttural reactions to Maxwell hitting sixes the way that he was today. That was pretty special. We've talked. Mm on this show about commentators coming on air uh, during this tournament uh, this might have been an example of that he was rock hard that's for sure um dan Cherney picked up on a nice one uh, to go from crude to nice maxi did the um the baby cradle thing upon reaching 50. um this wasn't on the television broadcast but apparently there's a photo of it um to recognize the fact that he's a new dad to young logan back in melbourne which is a which is a, a really no, they're lovely here. thing they've just arrived. oh they've arrived that's yeah. awesome. I, I hope they were yesterday. there. I, I think it's improbable that Vinny would have taken Logan to the cricket. Um, I don't know. Maybe, possibly Delhi. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know if that's um, if that's something they would have enjoyed. But either way, he did get to do that celebration that we usually associate with with footballers after scoring a goal. Um, I don't know if you caught this either, Jeff. But did you see the Sean Abbott hug? No. This mean anything to you? So as Maxwell hits the sixth to raise his century, that is where the Zampa. Uh, Mick Lewis' 113 record goes—the most runs right. conceded in a One Day International—and Adam Zampa's in the back of the box cheering, and Sean Abbott gives him a huge hug. So yeah, partly maximal, but they're really celebrating yeah. the, the, yep. the record that Zampa only joined Lewis on 40 days ago, after yep. Lewis had it on his own for I don't know, 2006. 2006, did and the se- 17 years. You do the math yeah. on that.
0: That's that's that really should be my Hall of Fame. I hope Mick Lewis stayed up tonight. I hope he was up, I hope he had a drink in his hand and I hope he saluted the TV because I, I genuinely felt sorry for him, you know, poor bastard, had a short Australian career, Ponting makes him bowl his tenth over when clearly he should have been, you know, uh, given given an opportunity to somebody else to get smashed around um, and he has to carry that record as, as the, the legacy of not getting much opportunity at international level finally, someone's taken it away unfortunate that it's Bustaleta who gets the Dutch into this tournament with a century and a five for in the same game which only four other players have ever done men and women in the history of 50 over cricket Um, but he has a miserable night tonight LBW for four and two for 115 at least he got a couple of wickets technical point but a good point Ben Gardner from Wisdom Made Online Lewis
1: and Zampa still have the worst figures ever because Baz Delita yeah conceded 115 runs but took a twofer so for 115 you know when you evaluate worst figures you go on wickets first and runs conceded second so Mick Uh, Zamps you've still got that Um, Jeff that's it for us tonight Um, our coverage as always for Westfield London Westfield Stratford City more extra less ordinary Google them do the ice skating do everything else that's going on at half term Uh, they're great supporters of Jeff and mine so we'd love you to back them in as well if you are in the UK uh, Jeff, tomorrow's game is between England and Sri Lanka at the Chineswami. Uh both sides must win, whoever loses that is actually out of the tournament and they'll have four weeks in India travelling around playing in games where they can't make it through to the semis, then Friday it's Pakistan who are in a similar position now playing against South Africa at Chennai, Netherlands next game is against Bangladesh, that's the late game on Saturday at Eden Gardens in Australia as I mentioned before, play the early game which is where you're off to next back to Durham Sharla yep. uh, they'll play New Zealand on Saturday morning
0: yes up to the mountains um, so I'll be reporting back to you from there um, next time we rock up on the final word daily which will be tomorrow that's how daily shows work
1: alright thanks for watching everyone a great day for Glenn Maxwell new beauty see ya
0: I ain't protected brother I ain't fenced and if my future questions my current senses that would be the same we've been doing for centuries sorry if I ran out to empty broke this so you know what I meant I had to go about it